You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, I mean, I have no qualms. I have no qualms about selling myself out. We've talked about this extensively. I'm happy to say nice things about anybody who gives me money. Based hey, you on hear a- that? Pabs old, Pabs blue ribbon? Pay us. <laughs> Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. Um, I haven't heard from the Touchline Media Group in a while. They might have disowned us after the Harry Potter thing. We're not sure. Uh, otherwise, uh, please continue to pay us. Uh, I don't want to like steal a, a John Oliver thing, but business daddy, please don't be mad at us. Um, I am your host, uh, Asa, aka The Twig. I am with you, uh, with my co-host, as always, Napoleon Gregg, aka The Stump. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decides to put in. Uh, they put in O'Reilly Auto Parts a while ago, which was awesome. I love that jingle, and, and you all, I'm sure, love it too. But if, uh, if somebody else wants to sponsor us, um, we're, we're looking at you, PBR, uh, we'll take it. We have no qualms about hawking beer. I assume most of our listeners are over the age of 21, but if they're not, I'm sure PBR doesn't mind. Uh, we are, <laughs> we are. Do you joined. think we have listeners? Yeah, I know. Right. Just like me and my wife and I don't drink beer and she also doesn't drink beer. Um, it's a weird segue. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're joined by uh, some, some of the, the best parts of, of Michigan state Twitter and journalism. Um, we are here with uh, Brett, AKA Odell Bredham jr. The, chief certainly of of msu twitter if not the king i i i suppose like at some point i'm gonna need to get like the official uh like hierarchical system like what where in the feudal system does brett live like if if mel is the king then is brett like a baron i i need to figure this out (laughs) (laughs) um and uh yeah okay so chief certainly for now but but we'll we'll figure it out down the road uh as well as uh 24 7 zone justin thinned 
Um, he of the uh, uh, the parts of MSU Twitter that occasionally get retweeted into the worst parts of Michigan Twitter. Um, <laughs> not naming names, but if you're say uh, a guy who 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 is working at the Dallas Morning News, uh, don't add us. We don't care. Um, Dallas not- Dwight Schrute. <laughs> yeah. He can't do it anyway. He's blocked. He's blocked. So you know what? Can't add us if you want it. Well, I don't think we blocked him, but you can add us. We're we're, we're more than happy to talk shit back to you. Uh, anyways, we're not mentioning any names. So um, because this is a football podcast, we're we're here to talk about uh, spring football pro day stuff. Um, by the time you're listening to this, Michigan State's pro day will have already happened. But as of just a few minutes ago, I'm pretty sure 24-7 confirmed who's going to be there. So we're going to talk about how awesome they did because we're just going to assume everybody did perfectly. And therefore, this podcast will be up to date. Then we'll talk about spring football, what, what to look for, what the, what the depth chart or rep chart should be, what, it, what we think it'll be, so on and so forth. Um, but before we do that, um, I have to get some things off my chest uh, because I, according to Twitter.com this morning, was as excited about a non-sporting event thing uh, as I've been in a long time. Um, y'all, I think the Gaslight Anthem is coming back uh, for our two guests. I don't know if you're aware of who or what that is. Uh, I know that, that Stumpy has been to a number of their concerts. Uh, they are my favorite band by a lot. Uh, and this morning, they randomly scrubbed their entire Instagram, uh, their entire Twitter, and just posted like a single color square, uh, which to me means reunion. And I'm very excited. Um, so I, I, I put forth this question to, to my guests and my co-host because um, I have a theory. It's a hot take, but I, I'm going to live with it. I think the Gaslight Anthem has the best concert closer of anybody I've ever seen. Song called Backseat, it's perfect. Uh, there was a, an article in Pitchfork in which somebody said something to the same effect. Now, I would posit to you guys, what is your, what is, as far as you're concerned, the best concert closer? We're going to put this to Twitter later, but I wanted to get this out there. I already asked the group chat. Um, we'll start with, uh, with Justin, who you got? I would go with Know Yourself by Drake. Ooh. Okay. That's a good shout. That's a good shout. Uh, show your work. Meaning? Like what, 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 why? what's, yeah, why? <laughs> um, <laughs> out of all of his hooks, um, usually he has, you know, those radio hooks with, uh, you've heard it all with the dance pop and that stuff that I don't really gravitate to out of all of Drake's stuff. This is one of the harder hitting uh, hooks that probably he's made in the last decade or so. Um, it's one of my favorite songs that he's made. I know there's other songs like Headlines 5M in Toronto, but they're not concert setting songs. This is a perfect mix where it's not catering to the radio, not that mainstream dance pop, but also um, isn't kind of soft and him just telling a story. This is one of those hard, hard hitting songs. One of my favorite songs, and if you're reading This Is Too Late, which I think is his most underrated project. Um, it's just, if you listen to it, you can kind of feel like how that would translate to a concert setting. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good with that. I'm, I'm pro Drake such as it is. I don't listen to a lot of his music, but uh, I support him because he was in Degrassi and I watched a lot <laughs> of Degrassi good. back in the day. Uh, so Brett, what do you got? What's, what's your answer for this question? Yeah, I'm going to go with ultra light beam by Kanye West. And okay. the reason I say that it's just, um, that's probably the best concert I've ever been to. And that's just such a cool song. The way he ends it with 
a, a literal ultra light beam coming down from the stadium like lights. It's just a really cool effect. Um, I know Justin, he, he's a huge Kanye West fan himself, so I know he appreciates that. So, um, yeah, I would say I, not, I want the record beam. to reflect that's not true. <laughs> um, yeah, and I would I would say an honorable mention has got to be God by Kendrick Lamar. That's just a really cool song, really great song. He kind of it's kind of his own curtain call. He leaves the stage, comes back when everyone chants his name and does it. So uh, th- those those would be my two, but I'd give the edge to Ultra Light Beam. All right. I, I, uh, I'll give an honorable mention. I'll, yeah. I'll give an honor, honorable mention to No Role Models by J. Cole. Um, I believe he actually played that at All-Star Weekend a couple years ago. Um, I know if people are looking to kind of see how that translates to a concert setting, you can probably find that on YouTube. First line of that song is, first things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. I'm sure that's maybe how some people might know that song from. Yeah. So that, that would be my honorable mention. Okay. All right. Stumpy, what's, what's your answer in your honorable mention? I, I need to come up with an honorable mention because I already stated my, my answer. Cool. I get to be the boomer sports writer. Yep, uh, go. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think uh, my favorite one is actually Bruce Springsteen. He has a song called Rosalita. That's like very upbeat with a lot of horns and it uh, he can play it from anywhere from like seven minutes to like 37 minutes long. So um I think that's probably the best closer I've ever seen. Um, my honorable mention. I was not asked to prepare this ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, I kind of uh, went rogue on that. <laughs> I saw, again, Boomer Sports writer. I saw Billy Joel and Elton John get together and pretty much anything that they close with. I've seen them multiple times. Uh, was awesome. I, w- I would like to believe that Billy Joel, like one time in his career touring with Elton John, uh, took on the Eminem role and did Stan. That'd be great. I would I would enjoy every part of that. That that would be the most viewed video on YouTube in YouTube history. Uh, Billy Joel doing Stan. Um, so my answer, like I said, is the, ba- uh, the backseat by Gaslight Anthem. Uh, just the perfect concert closer. Uh, my honorable mention. Now that I I have to have one. Um, I'm going to say is, and, and, and I'm being intentionally weird here. There are, there are actually better ones, but I just want to get this out there. Uh, Coheed and Cambria will close concerts with the song, The Final Cut. It is a 15 minute uh, song in which uh, like a number of plot devices occur because Coheed and Cambria is like a singular story. It's very weird. The entire thing is like, if you're not there for the thing, it's, it's like a bizarre experience. Um, but it's like, it's probably the closest to like jam band weirdness that I get to. And it's delightful. Anyways, glad we did that. I needed to get that off my chest. Uh, so spring ball starts tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, uh, March 16th. Is that uh, I believe it's start. I believe it started today. They Start- had, um, they had the reporters out there. I know Corey and Steven from our site, they live right around there around campus. And I believe they were there today. Okay, so I, I was wrong. I, I saw some, some tweets uh, from, from those folks uh, about uh, a press conference. I didn't realize that, that they were actually practicing today. Um, yeah, they were going through some light drills while the media was there. I don't know if they went in, how extensively they transitioned into a full practice after that. But yeah, they were, they were out there on the field today. Okay, so we're, we're in spring ball. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what, what, what sort of my outlook on spring ball is and, and one. And I'm, I'm going to tell one of my favorite stories from spring ball. Um, Napoleon Greg was there. We will not be using names because these people are professionals and married now. 
Um, I, I think one of them has a kid. Uh, and the story that we are going to tell takes place in Spartan Stadium and is one of the funniest afternoons of my life. Um, but before we get there, so so looking into to spring ball starting, um, Brad, I, w- I want to sort of get your take first. Um, this is the this is the first like normal ish because remember, twenty twenty one spring ball was still pretty weird. Um, this is the first normal ish spring that that Coach Tucker gets and, and the and the revamped Michigan State program gets. So, Brett, going into spring ball, like, where are you at in terms of, like, the hypeness? Yeah, I would say probably it's at an all-time high. And that's, just, that's not just because of the success of last season, but I think it's a culmination of um, kind of what the program's done over the past few months since the season ended in terms of adding talent, uh, adding new coaches, as well as it's also featuring some recruiting now, too. Uh, we had one of our top targets, Malik Hartford. He was at practice today. Um, and I think it's pretty cool. It lines up with our pro day coming up tomorrow. So, I mean, you get a lot of these young, talented kids. They're going to be able to go through the first spring ball. They're going to see a pro day. They're going to have recruits on campus. So they're going to get the whole gamut of kind of what it is to be a Michigan State Spartan. So in terms of kind of my excitement, it's, uh, I mean, anything Michigan State athletics, it's usually, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. But, yeah, I would say this is probably on uh, another level of excitement. And it's all going to culminate with the spring game a month from now. Yeah, so so obviously we don't talk um, basketball on this podcast because I can't be trusted. But um, we we do we did just hear a rumor uh, about the Michigan basketball program. They no longer have a point guard. Uh, that's a rumor. We can't confirm it, but that that rumor was going around Twitter. I'm not a journalist. Stumpy's not a journalist. Uh, Justin's not reporting this, so we're in the clear. That's how journalistic ethics works. Anyways, it's true. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I I don't have anything any type of reputation to uphold, but it looks like he is he didn't make the trip to Indianapolis with the team, and I don't think I don't think this is similar to Dax Hill where he didn't fly to Miami due to COVID protocols. That's not what it sounds like, yeah. and the type of injury he has, it's not something where uh, it, it's more so a brain injury which you can't really predict. So I mean, yeah, you can't really. Yeah. Yeah, you can't really predict, oh, he's, his brain's going to feel better tomorrow. So, yeah, uh, it's just – and if he didn't make the trip today, is is he going to be even able to fly if he gets, like, cleared tomorrow or something? So, yeah, it doesn't, they're not, it doesn't not work for them. They're not flying. And also, even if he did get COVID, like, um, he's not going to get cleared by Thursday. Yeah. So, yeah, well, this I'm, is laugh- not COVID. I'm laughing, but, like, with today's climate in the NCAA, like, the NCAA might actually allow that. So no, maybe I shouldn't have, be laughing about that. He doesn't have COVID, reportedly. Um, but uh, – so, anyways, so we don't talk about basketball. But, but Brett, you did mention something that, like, I actually think is probably important um, to talk about, which is that there are a bunch of new players on Michigan State who we didn't see last year. Um, and, and specifically this spring, um, there are five new tra- – I think five transfers are on, on campus already – and seven early enrollees. Is that right, Justin? So, sound, sounds about right. Okay. So who, who are, who, let's, let's, let's just, uh, you know, go, go across the board, you know, one, one early enrollee and one, one um, transfer who you're hearing, like sort of good things, Brett, you can do the same. And then I'll, I'll, I'll pick up on the, the third one, whoever that, that person might be. Um, if you take, if you both take my transfer, then I'm sort of dead in the water, but yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so far there, I guess I can't really base my answer on actual feedback or performances on in practices since they just started, 
But in terms of just their physique and I guess their strength and conditioning progress and what they've done in the limited time they've been here. Um, and Corey actually uh, tweeted out a picture earlier today. Uh, Jacoby Winman, the linebacker from UNLV, he definitely looks the part. Um, just, just a dominating phys- physical presence. And as a result of him entering the program, as well as uh, Aaron Brule and Crouch and uh, Holiday being back, and, and just the overall linebacker picture, um, Michigan State should have one of the better linebacker rooms in the Big Ten, I would say. Um, and then in terms of freshmen, obviously, I, I'll leave I'll leave this one for Brett, so I'll go with a different name. But uh, Jack Nickel is a guy who is coming onto campus with um, a great skill set in terms of what translates as a true freshman tight end to the college football. And that's being a blocking tight end. That's not going to need a learning curve there in order to get up to speed with the physicality and blocking techniques. Um, that's usually what keeps tight ends off the field early in their years is translating to that sort of a physical presence, but he has that. He's not going to need to play as a true freshman. Now that they got Daniel Barker um, and then Malik Carr, hopefully can a little better than last year he had three but Tyler Hunt's also back so all the pressure is off Jack Nickel but if he needed to play he definitely would have been someone that that could yeah so so I think um Brett Brett what 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 do you think about about transfers and, and freshmen as well yeah so for the transfer I would go with probably Amir Speed he got rave reviews today um the transfer from Georgia the cornerback so he's he's six three and I think I forgot who I, who said it was his last name is how he plays which is speed so um, I think it was Darius Snow who mentioned that so yeah and he has like this, these pterodactyl arms so that's a nice uh, warm welcome kind of having someone like that who has national championship experience now kind of going through that culture so um, and in terms of the freshmen my answer is not going to surprise a single soul but it's or the early enrollee it's going to be Kaden Hauser um, I just. I know kind of the work he's put in since kind of um, his high school season ended. He's put on uh, some really good weight in terms of muscle. Uh, he's basically up to six foot five now. So, and um, I know he's he's been killing it in the weight room and just his ability to kind of take in the uh, the playbook. He has, I mean, he, he's had like a four two at a prestigious high school. So he's incredibly smart. Um, I could go on for like an hour just raving about Kaden Hauser, but. Um, yeah, I would say he's, he's definitely probably the top guy. And like, I, I do think, uh, Justin, he said, Jack nickel, I think that's a guy who's going to play a lot and he's probably the most underrated player on the whole team just because of his impact. He's going to make right away. And, uh, kind of, we haven't had a tight end really thrive at Michigan States since Josiah price in 2015. So kind of having a guy who's more talented than that, a better blocker, uh, really nice speed. I think that's, I think people are going to be really uh, enamored with uh, nickel coming up this this spring and hopefully in the season. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I was, I was, uh, my transfer is, is going to be um, the, the one who I'm sort of most excited for sort of dovetails with the, the news that came out today about a transfer away from the, the linebacker room. Um, Jacoby Winman was who I was going to say, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to sort of cheat and mention kind of another linebacker, but kind of not. Um, and that's Chris Bogle, who's kind of a linebacker in the sense that he was a linebacker at Florida. Uh, he's a defensive end at Michigan State. Is he on campus yet? I thought he was. Um, um, 
I believe he was. I believe he is. Yes. Yeah. Because so, he committed. He committed very early in the process in order to enroll in the winter. Yeah. So Chris Bogle was a top seventy-five recruit who went to Florida. Florida played um, a three-down lineman look, so he was playing as an outside linebacker, rush linebacker who occasionally had to uh, drop into coverage, and that wasn't really like what he was good at. Um, so he comes to Michigan State to play in a system where it's like, hey, your job is to get to the quarterback. See quarterback, get ball. And and I think that he is is going to pop, especially since Michigan State is sort of um, needing defensive ends at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with Bogle. I'm, I'm very interested with him. Uh, the news about the linebackers, uh, Ben Van Sumeren, uh, no longer uh, at Michigan State, it has entered, entered the transfer portal. Um, I, I assume he's going to go to either Central, Western, or or Eastern because the dude seems to love the state of Michigan. Uh, he was at Michigan. <laughs> he was at University of Michigan before he was at State, um, which is weird. I, I I do want to take a step back on this. Is it weird that like forever we had no transfers from from Michigan to State or State to Michigan, and then in like three years we had two, uh, both linebackers. Um, very weird to me. Uh, obviously the, the one who transferred from Michigan state to Michigan was, was Ed Warner, um, who, uh, he, like his transfer made sense because his dad was yeah, coaching dad. at Michigan. Yeah. Um, and then, and, and Ben Van Sumeren, uh, enrolled at Michigan state just long enough to get his younger brother's signature <laughs> and then, um, moved along. So we wish, we wish Ben best of luck. Um, I think. I, I don't know exactly the term, the, the, the specifics of his exit. If, if this does yeah. not hold up well, I apologize. <laughs> no, <laughs> no we, we, we can wish, we can wish him the best of luck. Great. It, it was, it was all cordial. Good. Uh, like some of these are not, and some of these like are like <laughs> so-and-so entered the transfer portal. It's like, we all know some information about that person uh, and we're not allowed to talk about it. So we don't always wish those people well. We do apparently wish Ben well. That's great. Um, I, yeah, no, I'm just disappointed in the fact that I can't now lead the charge to cancel Asa. Yeah, no, no, it's coming. No, <laughs> um, so the, the, the freshman who, uh, early enrollee who I, who I'm most interested to see, obviously Hauser is sort of the big name. Um, but I'm like, you know, I don't think he needs to have a killer spring, uh, in the way that, that some other guys do. Um, because obviously Peyton Thorne's back, uh, starting shooting guard on the Michigan state football basketball team, uh, per Mel Tucker, um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys uh, saw that, dear listeners. Uh, Mel Tucker put put forth a, a starting five. Um, Jaden Reed got super pissed about it because he was not included. Um, Peyton Thorne was uh, the other two. Uh, obviously, Keon Coleman and Malik Carr because they um, play basketball for a Big Ten school, so they they made the list. Uh, and the other the other two were were Montori Foster and Terry Lockett, um, wide receivers. Uh, Jaden Reed very upset that he was not included. Uh, did you guys know that Jaden Reed went to the same high school as Peyton Thorne? Did you guys hear that? No, M- no, they, they should have mentioned that. <laughs> this is brand Emily, new information. Emily <laughs> and Malik Hall went there too. I hadn't heard that either. That's crazy. Um, I, 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 again, I don't know if, if Justin or, or Brett, you, you guys are old enough, but, but this was like back in my day, this was the, did you know that Drew Neitzel was ambidextrous? Um, because every single time they were on, on, on TV, it was like, and fun fact, ambidextrous. Uh, also, um, Jehu Kulkrick is from Liberia. These are old school things, but they got brought up on every single telecast. And Matt Trannon also played both. Yeah. Did you get, anyways, um, the, the freshmen who I'm, I'm most interested in, uh, in seeing if, if they're going to be successful, um, sort of early is, is Caleb Coley. 
And the reason why I include Coley is because I think that there's, there's room at corner. Brett mentioned Amir Speed um, as, as sort of showing out, but there's room at corner. And Coley was, was weirdly rated um, because he, he seemed to have like the offer list and the, and the um, pedigree of someone who, who should have been rated really high. I know Justin mentioned in the VIP board of 24-7, which you should pay for so you can read Justin's things, uh, that Caleb Coley was like, his most underrated. I think that, that you said that at some point. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and like, he, he's the type of guy who under, under the previous regime, we would have all been like, Mark, Mark D'Antonio gets another three-star to play like a five-star, but this guy is like a, a dude um, based on right. all accounts. Um, yeah. I believe, I believe he ran a four, four, one um, at Tennessee's camp. I haven't been able to figure out if that was hand-timed or just how official that exactly is. But the fact that it was at a university unofficial visit and not just him doing it with a trainer does give me faith that it's fairly accurate. But yeah, you're right. He's, he's a guy, he had a real offer from Clemson. He um, committed to Michigan State, I believe, two weeks after getting that Clemson offer. So it's not like he slid down the board months later. He, like I said, really fast guy, played physical Georgia competition. And like you said, it's a position where he has some ability to play this year. It's not like... Uh, we were mentioning Hauser or a guy I'm high on Alex Van Strumeren, where we just have a lot of DTs to watch out for. It's it's a position where there's some need. I don't think he'll start or need to be in the two deep on day one, but he has more of a window of opportunity than most of these guys. And I agree with your assessment of, of his uh, pedigree and just how good he is. Yeah. Uh, do you know who else is really good? This sponsor. That was seamless. I feel good about it. Um, best one yet. Best <laughs> last week's uh, where I where I where I tried, failed, and said whatever. This is a sponsor. Uh, that was a good one. I liked that one. Anyways, so so we've talked a lot about sort of the newcomers, but spring ball is also a time when when players sort of make a move. Like I remember, um, you know, previous times when you had the I remember the Trey Wayne's um, redshirt freshman uh, spring. And I remember, I, I guess it was Joe Rexroad um, or whoever it was back then. It might have been Mike Wilson. These are these are our guys who have since moved to Tennessee because apparently, Justin, I don't know if you know this, but like the, the pipeline is, is that people are really good at being a Michigan State beat writer and then they get recruited to Tennessee. And that's just the way it works. Mm. Um, we, mm. we, we, we've well, lost a couple. I guarantee, <laughs> I guarantee I will not be committing or entering the transfer portal and heading to Knoxville. We appreciate it. Um, but so I remember like the Trey Wayne summer. Or, or spring where it was like, Hey, uh, this guy who's going to take over for Johnny Adams is, is, is legit. Um, and I think Josiah Scott had a similar, had a similar spring. So, um, what, what, who do you think is going to sort of like, I know it's, it's hard to predict, but like, who's going to make like the biggest move or, or, or sort of be like the spring MVP, so to speak. So, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to call this a prediction, but I know the guy I'm going to be watching most closely to see if he does make that jump. And that's Tank Brown. He's the guy that um, last year was his first year switching to defensive end. He actually, I believe that happened in fall camp, not even in summer or spring. Uh, so he didn't really have a real off season transitioning to his new position. And he picked up a minor injury where he was out for three weeks this year, he finally gets a full offseason at defensive end. Michigan State has a need at defensive end. And Brandon Jordan is going to be training him. And everyone knows my opinions of Brandon Jordan. 
So for those three reasons, um, I think he has a lot of potential. I, his frame, his size, he looks the part. He's the guy that I'm going to be watching most closely to take that next jump. Our, I, so, so I actually, my, my answer is a defensive end as well. So Brett and Greg, if you could come up with answers that are not defensive ends, that'd be <laughs> super great for me. Um, Brett, what, wh- what about you? I was, I was going to say Tank Brown. I saw a picture <laughs> of him today. I saw a picture of him today. And he, he looked like Khalil Mack and it just got me really excited. So I'm um, thinking on the fly here. If it's not going to be Tank Brown, who do I think could be the biggest mover? Um, I got to go somewhere on offense. I would think, oh man, I, it's got to be Keon Coleman. I think he can kind of slot into that really just getting a, a solid starting role coming up. Um, I know you probably have, uh, obviously Reed's going to be the number one, but kind of two and three, it's a little bit open there. And Keon, he showed some really good flashes. He caught that massive touchdown against Ohio State to keep us from going, uh, putting up a goose egg. Um, so that that's always exciting. But yeah, I think you're going to see Keon really take that next step. I think being able to actually play basketball did a lot for his confidence in terms of him being just a D1 athlete. It's kind of like he's checking things off his bucket list. So um, hopefully that can kind of give him the confidence to come in and have a really good uh, spring camp here. I'm, I'm really hoping that he has a super disappointing spring camp because he will not show up until uh, middle of April. That's my goal. My goal for Keon Coleman and Malik Carr to have very, very disappointing spring, spring campaigns because they never show up for practice because they got some other things going on. Again, we don't talk basketball. Uh, Greg, who's, who's, who's your sort of, uh, who are you, you hoping for a big move for? Uh, I was also going to say Tank Brown. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Stop having me go last. This is really hard. Uh, Peyton Thorne. I think that more so than we want to imagine the offense is going to sit on Peyton Thorne's shoulders this year. So I think to, in order to have a, you know, successful year, and achieve everything we've ever dreamed of. I think that Peyton Thorne is going to have to have a uh, big year, not the least of which involves, you know, staring at Hauser through his rear view. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. I think that that this is sort of like, um, again, I, I I sort of like rely on what like the 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 post seasons of old or or the the spring seasons of old. Um, I, I'm what I'm hoping for for Peyton Thorne is the the 2006. Um, spring that Drew Stanton had, where he was coming off a big year. He, he was like, and all of the news about him was like, he's he's a dude. Like he's he's getting legitimate Heisman, you know, looks. I don't know that Peyton Thorne is is at that level, but I'm I'm hoping for like a Peyton ha- is is the number one and is going to be the number one until he decides to not be the number one anymore. Um, and and Hauser is a big part of that. My answer is is a defensive end who's not Tank Brown. Um, mine is. Uh, former former running back Brandon Wright um because I think Brandon Wright working with Brandon Jordan is the most interesting thing possible because Wright played really for the first time with any sort of consistency in the bowl game and he did some things in the bowl game that I was like I've I've, you know you you watch players we we talk about flashing right like the year before somebody really is a starter who, who does things like you say they flash um Brandon Wright flashed in that in that, uh, in that game. Um, we, we appear to have lost Brett, uh, for the moment. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully get him back. Um, you do understand that this is an audio 
like podcast. Yeah, but right? like, like, like I, I'd you didn't have to say that. People probably wouldn't notice until he could, <laughs> he could have popped back up. Maybe he's just thoughtfully thinking for like five minutes. Yeah, so. I'll, I'm sure I'll edit this part out. I won't. Um, but yeah, so Brandon Wright, I thought like he he flashed in that bowl game against a legitimate. I mean, the the ACC champion offensive line. Yeah, there's Brett. Um, and uh, and so I, I think Wright working with with a devoted pass rush coordinator and Marco Coleman. Um, who's the, that, that's another bit of news that we, we sort of haven't talked about since, since the season ended, um, Marco Coleman, the former defensive line coach from Georgia tech now at Michigan state. For those of you who don't pay attention to the NFL or to college football, uh, you might remember him from that guy in Ace Ventura pet detective, uh, which he was in, which I think is, is for a certain age group. Very, very interesting. Um, so the, uh, so, so sort of the, the last thing I want to talk about in terms of like the spring camp, and then we'll talk about pro day for a little bit, um, is sort of what, what are you guys hoping to learn, right? Like, I'm sure Justin, you know, throughout the process, you'll, you'll, you'll be reporting and, and writing on things, but like going into it, what's like the one bit of news you hope to be able to report for the, for the health and sanctity of this team? The one thing that I'm going to be watching is what the offensive line looks like beyond the four, five. So essentially the way I kind of see the offensive line playing out is Horst is a guaranteed left tackle. Um, J.D. Duplain is a guaranteed left guard. One of Brian Green or Nick Samak will be the center. Um, the other one of those two guys, I'm assuming, would slide to right guard. And then I guess Spencer Brown is pretty much the – the assumption as the starting right tackle, but Michigan state does have one more spot in the portal. So I would find that I'm, I'm looking to upgrade there. And if you can't upgrade, you'd still get a second stringer right there. Cause I'm, I'm worried about the depth there, but so those four or five, like, you know what they are and you're kind of confident in their ability, but every single person behind them, I am not very confident in. Um, I think Gino Vandermark has made great strides and until green enrolls on campus, he's the one getting first team right guard snaps, but the la- the left tackle, right tackle spots in that second line. Um, I know you have some guys that have good frame and good potential and Ethan Boyd, Brandon Baldwin, um, I guess true freshman Braden Miller, once he enrolls, but those, those guys were never supposed to play this early in their careers. Um, even when, um, myself, Corey, Steven, when we were high on a lot of these guys, we never said they would start their red shirt freshman year. Like Ethan Boyd's timeline was always going to be his red shirt sophomore year or later. So I'm really concerned about what the line looks like if they have an injury. Um, and it, it could go downhill quickly and unwind if they don't have a lot of development there on that second line. And that's kind of where it comes, uh, back to what, Mel Tucker took over a lot of holes were patched um, with the transfer portal. And other than the first year, you kind of forgot about the cupboard that he took over being kind of bare. But now when you don't have many upperclassmen um, offensive linemen from the D'Antonio era, other than the bona fide starters in Duplain and Samek, this is where you're finally going to see the real most impactful uh, negatives from the way they were recruiting that offensive line in the previous regime. And, and just sort of for, for our listeners who maybe don't understand this, um, it was, I don't remember who it was, but uh, somebody wrote from, from the Michigan State cadre of writers, might have been over at the old, uh, the only colors, but it's like, basically, if you see an offensive lineman before their redshirt sophomore year, 
either you're looking at Jack Conklin, um, who, who started as a redshirt freshman, great, or something really, really bad has happened. Um, so, for example, um, the freshmen who have played recently at Michigan State um, on the offensive line, you're looking at uh, Jack Conklin, great. Brian Allen, great. Um, Kevin Jarvis, depending on how you want to look at it, great. Others, Jordan Reed was a problem. <laughs> um, you know, not, not to, to point out, Cole Chewins. These are guys who you who you don't want starting at that stage of their career. Uh, Thio Lukusa, um, who who ended up uh, somewhere I don't really know where, but he, he was he was fun for a minute. Um, but that's that's what happens when you have redshirt freshmen playing uh, starting on the offensive line. Bad things happen. So even if we believe that Geno Vandemark, um, Braden Miller, these types of guys are 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 gonna be good. Um, you know, Spencer Brown is entering his redshirt sophomore year. Like this is when, you know, uh, the best prospects will be, will be entering their like starting phase. And we're not sure that Spencer Brown is one of, is one of those guys. He might, he might be, and he might be, you know, one of those guys next year as a redshirt junior. Um, but this is, this is sort of a concern. So uh, Brett, what, do, what are you hoping to, to hear out of spring camp? Like in, in total? Yeah. I, I kind of want to see how the team, reacts to the success they had last year and kind of the publicity just because i mean a lot of these mostly most if not all of these guys i mean they've gone through years with uh kind of the tail end of d'antonio where things were disappointing obviously you had that covid year which was just a nightmare and then you finally get last year where it's kind of like a a dream where you go 11 and 2 beat your rivals win a bowl game to your sixth game and you you were ranked third in the nation you were in the first college football playoff like poll ranking so I mean that's that's a lot to kind of and the expectations have been raised so much in terms of in every aspect of the program wins recruiting all that so yeah I'm, I'm very intrigued to see kind of how how the team looks and if if they get kind of that syndrome of that team down the road where they get very arrogant and cocky or if you still see that Michigan State Spartan edge to them yeah that'll be interesting Stump what, what about you what are you thinking there's not much more to say. It's kind of the same stuff. Fair enough. Uh, so what I'm hoping, what I'm hoping to be reported is I'm hoping to that, to hear that one of the running backs is ready to go. Now, whether that's Simmons, whether that's Eaglin, whether that's that's Berger, whether that's Collins, um, losing Kenneth Walker is not a small deal. Um, and you know, it's it's sort of like the money ball scene. It's like you know, what's the problem? We need to replace Giambi. Do we have Giambi? No. If we could, if, if is there another Giambi? No. There was. Could we get him? No. Okay. So what are we going to do? We're going to re- re- recreate him in the aggregate. And I think between, you know, I, I'm obviously a, a big Elijah Collins fan. Um, you know, between Collins and Berger and and Broussard, who, who's coming in down down the line, can you sort of recreate what you got out of Kenneth Walker? And I, I'm, that's what I'm hoping to hear. I'm hoping to hear that, that the running backs on campus are, are doing really well and not sort of Broussard and, and prayer um, as, as the plan at running back. So, um, oh, one more thing. Before we get to, to Pro Day, um, I, I do want to, to mention one more thing that I think is super cool, which is March 26th. Um, not the date. The date is fine. I don't have any specific feelings about the date, March 26th. But Michigan State will be hosting a huge recruiting weekend. And that's normal. You know, everybody has big recruiting weekends throughout spring ball. Um, but something else is going on, isn't it, Justin? 
Yes, the recruiting weekend, or are yeah. you saying there's something on top of the March other Tuesday? thing? The other thing that's going on that weekend that I'm sure was a coincidence. Like I'm sure it, it wasn't coordinated to have all of these high school kids on campus at the same time as this other thing. Right, but... right, 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 right. Yeah. So that is the <laughs> final day of Brandon Jordan's three day um, defensive line retreat. I believe he calls it the nose tackle retreat, but there's a lot of guys that are not nose tackles that are going to be there that, that uh, three day stretch. Um, So yeah, I believe the last time he posted an update on Twitter was 44 guys that are supposed to be there from the NFL. You have um, guys like Rashawn Gary helping Michigan state recruit uh, at least indirectly through those tweets and whatnot. That was my favorite thing of this whole thing (laughs) is that Rashawn Gary's picture and name is like front and center on all of this. Right. Yeah. So, so, and then there's no surprise that that's also the day that so far I expect more uh, visitors to be added to the list, but so far you have um, Andrew DePape, Michigan state's best out of state commit in seven years, making uh, the trip back to East Lansing that day. You have four star 2023 Georgia defensive tackle, Justin Benton coming in. He's one of Michigan state's top interior tackles uh, targets. And then you have uh, Zachariah Keith, who was committed to Georgia Tech with Marco Coleman. He's a guy that won't rush his decision the second time around. So it's not like he's going to visit, commit again to Marco Coleman. But I think Michigan State's in a great spot there if he does decide to commit here in the next few months or so. Um, I don't know how much longer he can wait. I don't know what their defensive line board will look like, especially with the demand that they have these days. But those are three guys that if Michigan State can reel them in, you would be really excited about. One of those are already reeled in and DePape. But yeah, like you said, great, great timing there with the final day of Brandon Jordan's camp and uh, this recruiting visit weekend. Yeah. And and Brett, have you have you heard anything about the recruits, like about from the recruits about this visit or or about spring ball at Michigan State in general? Yeah, just I mean, when I talk, I try not to really bother the recruits, um, but when I do, uh we, we usually kind of talk about other things, like uh, just kind of joke around and send some tweets that get sent to the recruits and kind of joke about that. But, um, yeah, I know I, I had mentioned the spring ball, just seeing who's going to be in town. And I know that the guys are they're, – they're incredibly fired up about it. Kind of get that first chance to see uh, the woodshed in person for a lot of them, um, as well as just kind of seeing – Spartan Nation show out and it's just gonna yeah I know a lot of them are looking forward to melting moments like that's 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 the big thing I'm telling you that that is that's like you talk about like uh Spongebob the secret formula for the Krabby Patty the secret formula <laughs> for Michigan State football is melting moments so if I get yeah that's absolutely uh shout out Colton Pouncey for being uh the first person I saw to extensively extensively tweet out about melting moments um his his tweets on that were probably the first time that I thought to myself, like, man, I could really use a, a ice cream cookie sandwich right now. <laughs> and he did it like three times. Like each time I was like, oh, that looks good. Uh, don't think about ice cream cookie sandwiches all that much, but I should. Um, <laughs> they better be paying him. They be- he better be getting some some sort of commission for the great job he does promoting their brand it's it's astounding uh it's like it's like what what andy staples is to like southern barbecue colton pouncey is to ice cream cookie sandwiches um we can tell him i said that i i don't know if you guys are in connection but but uh that's that's my take on that what do you mean he's just gonna listen to this podcast right of course colton pouncey <laughs> friend of the podcast colton pouncey <laughs> we'll send it to him yep <laughs> 
Um, so the last thing I want to talk about before, before we, uh, we, we get into the, or, or we, uh, we leave for the evening, um, we're recording this on the 15th. Uh, so again, pro day is the 16th. It will be, uh, this episode will be re- released on the 17th. So we are in the fun position of not quite knowing what will happen, but, uh, pretending that we do. So, uh, Brett, what, what, what are you, what are you sort of, uh, looking for from, from pro day or, or, or specifically, what are you hoping for? Yeah, I'm just excited that, that they're kind of opening it up for the NFL. I know kind of under uh, the old regime, there was an issue and kind of a uh, uh, disconnect between uh, Michigan State with the pro departments from NFL teams. So I'm looking forward to kind of starting that new draft streak. Obviously, we're going to have a couple guys drafted here, especially uh, obviously looking at K-9 is going to be the first guy off the board. But, yeah, I'm just looking forward to kind of the feedback from uh, all the pro personnel that are there, seeing how – open the new staff is and kind of seeing the facilities and uh, just that, that that's kind of the, the big takeaway I'm going to take from it. Uh, Justin, what about you? Yeah, that's definitely something I wanted to touch on as well. Brett makes a great point because I believe it was Bruce Feldman uh, a few months ago. I think it was just around the end of the season. He had a podcast. We'll not be able to recall which episode, but um, he had a just, I want to say like a two or three minute span in there where he talked about, accessibility to NFL scouts, um, pro days, and even just throughout the season and and just the way those guys handle it. And he said that under the previous regime, he had heard from NFL scouts, and this is his reporting. I'm not confirming it or anything like that. He said that Michigan State was the worst Power 5 program in terms of accessibility to NFL scouting and evaluation departments. And he said that now they are one of the best. And now one of the worst ones are the Michigan Wolverines program under Jim Harbaugh. That was all Bruce Feldman's reporting there. Um, actually, no, that was Pete Thamel. I specifically remember this because when I tweeted the clip out, Michigan fans said, of course, Pete Thamel is going to say that he's the Ohio state water carrier. So I guess take it for what it's worth. You guys can decide if you want to believe Pete or not, but that is, that is what I recall right there. And yeah, I've, checked around and I've kind of tried to get a feel for this pro day. And I was told that Michigan state is expecting all 32 teams to send representation to the pro day. Um, I kind of checked with Steven Brooks because he's been going to these for a while. He said, that's not uncommon. And the last couple, he remembers the same thing, Um, but around the nation and um, over the years, that's not a guarantee. Um, I believe he recalled that in either 2011 or 2012, there was not 32 teams there. Um, and then some of the years in between, it didn't recall. But yeah, so it just kind of puts it into perspective that Michigan State, they only have a few guys that are bona fide draft picks. I want to say three or four guys. Um, this is this is something that should not be taken for granted. And it's good to hear if you're a Michigan State fan or even if you're a recruit that is thinking about how uh, much of a spotlight do I have um, in terms of NFL scouts watching me and having access to me if I go to Michigan State. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go to Stumpy and then we'll, then we'll, we'll sign off here. But, uh, the, the thing that I want to, to point out, um, is Luke Campbell, um, Michigan state, uh, offensive tackle guard, Swiss army knife. Um, he's not pursuing an NFL career, but he is doing this, uh, really cool, uh, charity thing where he's going to be at pro day. He's going to do the bench press. And for every rep he, he gets, he's, he's raising money for, um, I think pediatric cancer research. 
Um, I don't have that in front of me, but, but a worthy cause. Um, so that's pretty cool as well. Like that, like that doesn't have to do with, with um, NFL scouts or, or anything else, but I think it, it's sort of a testament to him as a person, but also the, the program, right? Like they're, they're going to do things to support their guys uh, through and through. So Stumpy, do you have any, any uh, final thoughts on pro day or, or, or spring ball? Yeah, just looking forward to, you know, seeing how the Michigan State guys can move themselves up the board. Like Justin said, there's probably only three or four pros there. So every rep, every run, every everything, you know, counts a little bit extra. And it is good for recruits to see that, you know, Mel Tucker has embraced the NFL in ways the previous regime did not in order to try and sell his players. Because, you know, not everybody's going to go pro, but for the one or, or I guess three or four guys that, really want really have a shot at it it's good to help them get up there yeah absolutely um so uh before before we we sign off here i want to uh, give a shout out to the new york city uh football club for really really trying to blow that game tonight uh we are recording after they uh lost 4-2 and somehow still got through they really really dicked around uh as 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 they like to say they fucked around they found out and they made it through but they shouldn't have um, I like the fact that that score does not tell us which of the New York football clubs uh, actually fucked up tonight. Yeah, that's that's good. That's helpful. Is David Villa still on uh, New York City FC? He is. I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, because Dave Gettleman is now the GM there. Uh, the New York City football club soccer team. They uh, they they tried really hard uh, to lose, and they didn't. But they also, to- I feel like we should also shout out former Lion uh, Chase Daniel, who signed another Bag. Uh, yeah, two and a half million dollars to not do jack shit behind Justin Herbert for a year. So I, don't, I think he's up, I think he's up to like 40 million and he's started like 16 games. He's, so he is my spirit animal. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, a, hero. Chase he, Daniel. he's a hero of the pod. Um, <laughs> Drew, like Drew Stanton was like almost there like drew stanton made a lot of money but he like played every now and then uh chase daniel just he has like 178 career completions which is about half of what peyton thorne had this year i think um because he only signs with teams that have like established starters he's the greatest drew stanton and drew stanton brian hoyer and like brian fitzpatrick are like i think i can get this job whereas chase daniel's like i know herber's got this i don't want to fucking piece of this shit <laughs> so uh so shout out to chase daniel and uh like i, I said, do not want that smoke <laughs> like i said um we are recording this on tuesday night so i'm just gonna go ahead and assume the tottenham won and i'm gonna be in a good mood when this uh when this when this drops so uh they're not going to. no they're not so a special thank you to our guests um you can find brett at odell bretham jr um he is the king of michigan state twitter uh make sure to give him a follow uh you will learn more about michigan state tw- uh Michigan State's ceiling uh, from Brett than anybody else. Um, check out Justin Thind at Justin Thind. Um, you can also find him uh, at 24-7 Sports uh, and the RCMB, right? Justin, you hang out at the RCMB? <laughs> Once every three months. <laughs> it's a great place. We love it there. Um, uh, Brett, uh, uh, do you have anything you want to uh, promote? I don't, I don't know if you're, uh, if, you're, if you're producing content these days, but if you are, we, we like to give our, our guests a, a chance to talk about what they're doing. No, not really. I'm just, yeah, just like you said, I'm just t- tweeting away. Got my Twitter fingers ready. Um, there's going to be a lot of propaganda coming out. So, yeah, I would just advise everybody to stay tuned to this podcast, especially. Um, hopefully going to come on again soon. Uh, 
maybe before the spring game, give a little teaser. Absolutely. Um, see, see kind of what's going on there. Absolutely. So, uh, so, so Brett will be back. Uh, I think April 13th would be the episode before the spring game. So uh, look out for that. Uh, Justin, do you have any, any big pieces coming out? I know you just had a, a piece about why you don't do crystal balls for certain people because you're not a hack. So that was good. But <laughs> what, what, like what, what else you got in the pipeline? <laughs> Um, we'll have some good coverage after a lot of these visits happen. We'll be checking with a lot of these recruits that um, are in town here on the 19th and the 26th. Um, we'll, the dead period this time goes through the middle of April, so we'll have content all the way up to then. And just the spring game as a whole, it's going to have um, a visitor list that far supersedes even last year's list, and that had 30-plus kids. Back then, the staff couldn't even communicate with these kids and set up any sort of plans this year, there's no attendance limit. Anyone can come and go. There's no tickets that need to be worked out. I think it's going to be a huge weekend for the spring game. A lot of big guests. Uh, I know Brett's going to be there. He's the most uh, honorable guest out of all of them. And it's going to be, it's going to be quite, the, uh, quite the event. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned to our content there. Uh, leading up to the spring game and make sure you follow Brett because there's anything notable that you're going to need to know. It's going to be on Brett's Twitter feed as well. Follow, follow and, Odell Beckham Jr. Follow Brett. Uh, and block uh, Dallas morning news reporters. It's, it's good yep. for your health. Yep. Uh, for all of your, uh, for all of your takes about Dallas morning news reporters, please at Mr. Mojo rising 89. He, he really loves those. Uh, he really loves hearing about those people. Also, Harry Potter's reading ability. Uh, for the next time we actually bring up the Nerdcast, I have a rant. Uh, yep, we the Nerdcast will return um, the week before the Michigan State spring game. Obviously, oh, so so housekeeping. Uh, next couple of weeks, we have a World Cup qualifying window, um, and then the Sunday after that is the uh, Touchlines and Touchdowns 100th episode spectacular. Uh, Justin and Brett, if you want to come come on for that, that's that's great. It's going to be a, a cluster of awfulness because everybody who's ever been on the, the podcast is welcome and it's going to be miserable and I'm excited. Uh, regardless, the Nerdcast will, will, will return on April 9th. Um, then it's going to be off for the spring game, like we mentioned. Um, and, then, uh, and then we're back, back into the thick of, of, of our normal schedules. So um, for all of your, your other takes that are good and helpful and useful, please at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, and don't at me personally at Diamonds Esquire. I don't check it. I don't want to check it. It's it's basically like a, a dummy account so that I'm not constantly tweeting from this account. But you know, whatever. Uh, special thank you to the Smith Workforce Management Group as well as whoever Blue Air decided to put in. Hopefully, uh, it's a company you enjoy. Uh, and if it's not PBR, you know where to find us. Um, so special thank you to to our listeners. Uh, please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell. Dallas Morning News reporters, uh, and uh, obviously touch dogs don't like the Dallas Morning News. Uh, uh, Obviously, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you, so thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. You know what? That's I. I didn't listen to that part. <laughs> that's a very interesting. I've never. Yeah, I, I mean, can they just like flick the wand? Oh, I mean, we euphemism, even, yeah, euphemism, literally. <laughs> yeah, like how does that work? Uh, yeah, we we had a whole discussion. I don't know I, how well versed you are in Harry Potter, but like 
when Coral went to masturbate, did Voldemort have to watch? <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.